0: On this episode of Whiskey Throttle Radio, we'll have rookie Challen Tennant on to talk about his first year in the pro ranks and his goals moving forward. Jesse Ainsley will also join the show to talk about his season so far in the XC3 class and the GNCCs. He currently has a 16-point lead heading into the summer break. Uh, As always, check out our website, www.whiskeythrottlemedia.com. We're now on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Uh, Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. As always, enjoy. me right now is uh rookie rider challenge Tennant. what's up buddy
1: what's up man how are you
0: I'm doing all right just uh, getting ready for another weekend watching some good racing hopefully
1: for sure for sure I'm really looking forward to it uh, I'm actually on, on my way uh, to Massachusetts right now but I'm really looking forward to the weekend we've been taking uh huge steps of practice this week and uh, definitely uh, looking forward to the uh, great racing ahead
0: yeah how are you feeling about all that sand up there
1: Oh, man, I'm from Texas. I'm, I'm originally from uh, the Houston area, so uh, we mostly have sand, sand at my house at my track back in Texas. So I grew up riding sand since I was uh, just a little kid, and uh, I'm pretty used to it, so I, I love sand. Um, I've always struggled a little bit more at the super rutted tracks, but I've always prevailed and did a little better at the uh, sand deer tracks, so I'm really looking forward to this weekend.
0: That's awesome. Nothing like a little bit more confidence, you know, riding something you kind of know. Uh, I'm from, I'm down here from Florida, so uh, I know a lot of kids that are going up there this weekend and hoping to do good, because all we have down here is sand too.
1: Yes, sir. Um, I'm, I'm actually at Carmichael's right now, uh, just, just a little ways up from you in Tallahassee, Florida, and actually his track is in uh, Carroll, Georgia, but uh, I'm really enjoying it there and. Um, I get a little bit of sand there. They have, they actually brought a lot of clay onto their track, so it's not quite as sandy as what obviously what uh, Southwick is. But uh, there are a few secret spots that we go to to, to prepare for this race over here. So um, I've been I've been there this week. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm really looking forward to to Southwick this weekend. I think uh, I think I'll open some more eyes this weekend and try to push for that top ten level.
0: Yeah, man, definitely. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit uh, to start, just about your outdoor season so far. You've uh, been pretty much uh, hovering around that 16 to 20 position. You're usually top privateer every weekend. If you're not top privateer, you're about second or third in line. Um, are you pretty happy with it so far?
1: You know, man, I can't, I can't complain about it. Um, it's my first year. I'm a rookie. I'm, still, I'm 19 years old. And I'm still getting used to things. I'm still... Uh, so, trying to figure out which way to go on my bikes i'm quite used to having to um uh having to do and um do and orchestrate my full bike program as as far as that goes i was on orange brigade as a as an amateur rider they always took care of my bikes and my motor suspension all of that and then for a short time at my end of my amateur career in starting my pro career i was on star and um they, obviously they took care of everything, so it's definitely different being on um two very high level teams to to going back to a privateer kind of starting over which that was that was kind of a gutting feeling but um I know there's more for me i know i know where I belong and um I know that uh that this season um has has started out well I've had some good finishes i've gotten better every weekend and uh this last weekend was actually. The results weren't quite um, where I would have liked them to be, but I was very happy with my riding, especially the second moto. I was caught up in the uh, crash in the second moto with Martin and Cooper. I was actually in sixth the first lap. Oh, wow. And uh, and, I, and I came back from 38th to 17th, and my lap times were very, very good um, all the way through. So um, if I wouldn't have went down the first lap, I, there, was, there was definitely a potential top ten in me for sure. But... Um, we can't do anything about that all we can do is look forward to the next weekend but, but yeah man i'm i'm very happy so far with the season it's all a learning curve as a as a rookie so
0: yeah definitely um and uh luckily for you man you didn't get get hurt in that crash it was pretty gnarly i was actually there at tennessee uh, i was actually on the other side of the track though watching at the start so i didn't see the wreck but uh i actually saw it a couple of days later it was pretty gnarly
1: Yes, sir, well, it was definitely gnarly. Actually, Martin and, and Cooper got the worst of it and then uh Justin Cooper's bike actually flipped over into my line and I was already committed to yeah. the next to the uh straightaway and I hit it and went down uh with them. So luckily I got I came out just with a couple of scrapes and bruises but nothing serious and uh just with, I just hope Jay Mart will have a quick recovery and uh I can't wait to see him back out there with us.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Hey man, it's, it's pretty funny though. Cause I actually, uh, I actually pay attention to you a lot out there because, uh, Rambler Alves is from my hometown. So I kind of always keep, keep an eye on him and see how he's doing. And it seems like you two are stuck to each other like glue. You're pretty much always together.
1: <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You know, uh, Randler's a good dude. I, uh, I've known him for a long time. We, we've raced each other through our, basically our entire, uh, amateur career. He's always been in my class or the class right above me. And, uh, we were actually on the same team for Supercrosses last year before um, I dislocated my shoulder um, on the EVR team. At that It uh, actually was was going really well. I made the first three main events and was doing pretty well working my way up. But, uh, yeah, was a good, good guy, and um, I like him a lot, and that's cool that you pay attention to both of us. He's been having some good finishes. I know he did really well at uh, Mount Morris, and uh, – I know his, his weekend was a little bit rougher at Tennessee, but I'm sure he'll be back. He always bounces back pretty good.
0: Yeah, and he's another one that's probably looking forward to that sand, being from Florida.
1: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, de- definitely. I know he's always been good at the more low-mear tracks, and um, I know we both are looking forward to the sand.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure, as you know, the 250 class is absolutely stacked this year. Um, you know, pretty much 1 through 17 are factory dudes. Um and you're hovering right Definitely. right on that bubble. Uh, what do you think? What's like one thing that uh, you think you can work on or improve on, just to kind of mix it up in the top fifteen?
1: Um, the my biggest thing is, um, you know, the biggest thing I think I could work on would be obviously you can never you can never um, practice starts enough. I think starts mm-hmm. are a huge key to this. If you can put yourself in a good position um, at the beginning of the moto and get out front with the leaders, run their pace, learn their lines that will propel you farther along in the moto instead of getting caught up back there, not being able to see the fast lines and not being able to run that, um, that front pace. Mm -hmm. Um, my biggest thing is I'll, I'll charge really well right at the beginning. And then I'll almost, um, I'll almost just lose a little focus in in the mid part of the moto. And, um, my lap times will slow down in one or two seconds. Like I, like I relax too much. And, um, so my biggest thing is what I'm going to work on this weekend and the continue weekends is, um, just to keep pushing past that point, keep pushing all the way through, um, push as far as I possibly can. in that 35 minute moto. And if I get tired around 25, 30 minutes, that's better than pacing myself through the middle and not being able to make the full thing. Yeah. So, my stamina is good. I'm very I'm very confident in my stamina. I honestly just um had to show myself this last weekend that I had it and uh and I did. So this weekend should be definitely different um as that goes and uh but that's my biggest thing is just um keeping my head down and continue to push through the middle of the moto.
0: Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that definitely makes sense and uh you can I feels like I feel like if you can just figure that out, you know there's a little thing here and there and you'll be right up there with those guys.
1: Exactly. Yes, sir. Just a, just a little, little things here and there. And, uh, being able to pick up on new lines, um, is very key. Um, getting out of the big bumps out of the rough stuff or out of a deep line that's holding you down. Um, and sometimes the only way as a rookie, um, you're still learning, you're still learning these new tracks. Some of these tracks, at least half of them I haven't been to. So it is, it is a struggle, um, on when it comes race day, if I don't get to do press day, to just jump out there and learn the track and put a fast lap in. Mm-hmm. So it's very important for you to pay attention to the top guys. They've been there, they've done all this before, and to pick up on those different lines that will help you get a better time but will also help you finish better in the race.
0: For sure, for sure. Uh, jumping back to Supercross, um, you said earlier you had a little injury, but um, you're, you made your first ever main in Arlington, then the next weekend in Tampa. Uh, how was Supercross for you, and how hard was it kind of – you to learn how to race a supercross track i mean i'm sure you spent plenty of time at the practice track and whatnot but i'm sure racing it's a whole whole nother story
1: yes sir yes sir you know actually i um the supercross is very hard for me um i've i did well at monster cup two years ago i got second overall at monster cup um but monster cup is a little different than than riding supercross obviously it's a hybrid track um but supercross was definitely hard it was a Big learning curve. Um, definitely, um, definitely hard um, in its own way. I struggled with the whoops the most, and I and I never could get my bike like quite like I wanted it. Um, but the biggest thing with me was just confidence for Supercross. Um, when actually, when you when you get on the track, you see how fast these guys are um, on these tracks and the kind of chances they take, jumping big rhythms or um certain jumps that you're just like wow that is that is insane what these guys are doing and um so yes it was definitely definitely challenging um this year I would like to have gone longer in the season unfortunately I did have an injury um in Atlanta for round three and uh did hurt my shoulder that put me out for the rest of the season um but I feel like I was starting to break that point of getting really confident in the whoops and starting to move forward up, up in the main event, past the top 15, trying to get towards the top 10. So, um, but that's my goal even for, for this, for this next year coming up to uh, get more practice under my belt, especially. I only trained for two, for two months before the, um, before the season started in January. So I only had two months supercross under my belt and, and still came out, um, for for the racing um but so that for this coming year i'd like to definitely get some more practice under myself i was actually out with i had the metal taken out of my back um before the season started um i broke my back two years ago uh, as an amateur and um i want to get that metal removed so that's why I, I didn't get to practice uh enough before the season started
0: yeah uh, man <laughs> I I keep I've just started doing these podcasts and seemingly everyone I talk to talks about some kind of injury where they got to get metal taken out of them or missing a certain amount of time. Man, you got to love the sport. You know we're pretty hard headed where you know an injury like that probably would knock someone out for a long time in any other sport, but us motocross riders, you know, the only thing we can really think of is getting back on that bike.
1: Definitely, yes,
0: definitely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your team that you're on now. You're riding with 3D Racing, correct?
1: Yes, correct.
0: How, how did that deal come about
1: for you and how how's it how's the team been um the team first of all the team has been great Bill Dill is the uh, team manager over there team is great um they're very very nice people a low pressure team um that they, they just want you to go out there and do the best you can and keep improving week by week and they got your back pretty much no matter what and uh Um, the team kind of started, uh, that deal came about kind of from Supercross. I was actually, I was on the EBR performance team, but 3D was sponsor was sponsoring it. And then shortly after Supercross, um, 3D split away from EBR and it kind of became its own thing. Um, so Bill Dill went back to just doing his own 3D rig at the races and asked if I wanted to be a part of it, going to all 12 of the rounds. And I was like, yeah, you know, that'd be, that would be awesome because, at the time I didn't have any other offers, um, set in from anybody else. And I was like, you know what, that would be a really good, uh, really good building year for me to do. And especially nowadays, it's very hard for uh, privateers to uh, be able to have the funding to get from race to race, let alone go there, race it, entry fees, gas, everything uh, that comes into that. So um, I was very thankful for that opportunity for him to take my bikes to all of the rounds, And, um, uh, so that's kind of how that came about. But ever since um, we're about midway through the season now, about halfway, it's been it's been going really well, and I've been very happy with uh, with the team and the guys. It's just a great um, great surrounding, and uh, hopefully we can keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, it's interesting uh, about the EBR and three D for Supercross being uh, together because I was trying to figure out because I knew you and Ram were on the same team uh, indoors. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out. Uh why wow, you guys are pitting out of different trucks, but that that definitely makes sense now. Uh, weren't you guys, you guys were pitted out of like a, a small like camper trailer, weren't you? At uh, some of the, some of the supercross races.
1: Yes. Yes, we were, um, out of the smaller camper trailer at the races. Um, and then, uh, when he could, when the EBR guy couldn't make it there, um, I'm sure he probably could have made it to more of them. I just didn't get a chance obviously because I was hurt to go to all of them. Um, But the uh, 3D for the outdoors brings his rig every weekend. Um, It's been he's been very reliable. He gets a he gets a really good spot at the races. We're usually by Star and Cycle Trader, so we're right up in the mix of all those guys. And um, he gets me on. I have actually have press day um, tomorrow at Southwick. He's got me in a couple press day uh, day rides. Like it's been very good. I've gotten to do some things that some privateers don't have, and that, that has given me an advantage. So. Um, I'm thankful for what they have given me.
0: Definitely. Uh, how much How much does Press Day uh, help you out, uh, just kind of like getting a little extra time on that track?
1: Heck, in my opinion, it is a huge help. Even though the track may not be prepped, um, like the race day, Press Day is a huge help um, just because you learn the track, even though the lines are going to be different, the bumps are going to be bigger, um, you kind of learn the flow of the track. And as soon as you get out there for the next, the next morning for the first practice you're like boom like i can set a fast lap i know how this is going to react i know how i'm going to react going going into this corner of this jump and especially on tracks that i've never been to um it's definitely like like southwick i've never been to southwick out of out of all these years um i've never been to red bud i've never been to buds creek or washugal and those are some of the ones coming up um In the next few rounds. And um, so, a a couple of those I will have a chance to do press day, but a couple of them I won't. And the ones that I do press day on are going to be a huge help just because you learn the track before you have to go set a fast lap time down. Um, In that lap time practice, you're forced to kind of follow just one line around the track to begin with, um, just because you have to put in a fast lap and you don't really get to study and learn the track like you do on press day and uh, figure figure it out
0: yeah i don't i don't think uh, a lot of people realize how little time uh, you guys actually have on these tracks it's it's real short uh two ten minute sessions pretty much right i know you i think you get five minutes for starts in the second one and then you got to do a site lap in the first one so it pretty much comes down to 20 minutes total for the day
1: oh and yes sir you, you you don't get any any time at all um uh, you get, t- like you said, two 10-minute practices with a five-minute free free thing in front of it, which when you're rolling around, is basically just one lap. And um, you you get one or two laps at the beginning to check out the track real quick, and then timing starts, and that 10 minutes goes by very quick. Um, and then, like you said, you get two practices, and then the first motto's up, you know. So um, you have to be ready, and uh, you have to be paying attention and on your game uh for those first for those first two practices
0: for sure man um and I want to talk a little about about your amateur career I know last year at Loretta as you went um you won a moto in the TPA class ended up fifth overall who were some of your like your biggest amateur rivals uh growing up through the ranks
1: heck I've had so I've had so many um probably my biggest one that I raced for a long time was uh Sean Cantrell um we raced each other a lot uh, growing up from fifties all the way through. Um, uh, I had Sean Cantrell. I, I raced off Fortner a lot and then he actually moved up pretty early compared to some of us. Um, uh, Fortner wa- was, was kind of came on in the super mini class. He was, um, always a class. He actually stayed back in the super mini class when I went to big bikes and went to schoolboy classes. And then he went from super mini straight to B. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was one of them. Obviously, Ramular was one of them. He was always up there. And uh, Justin Cooper, uh, I raced him the last year um, at Loretta's, and then in one of my schoolboy schoolboy and B years, I raced him. I um, mean, heck, dude, the list—the list is yeah. just endless when it comes to to uh, all these amateur the amateur kids that we used to be. Um, there's so much talent in the 250 class right now. It's just insane. And like you said, like you were talking about earlier, there was at least there's at least 17 to 20 factory bikes on the track, and um, if if you're including like TLD Pro Circuit, JGR, Cycle Trader, Honda, all all of those guys, you know, if you're including everybody, I mean, it, dude, that 250 class runs so deep, and um, a lot of them I have raced um, coming up through the amateurs, or they were in the class right above me. Uh, but I would say probably those three, those two are my biggest rivals were like um, Sexton, um, Ch- Cantrell, and and I raced Moseman a lot too, and all these guys are on factory teams.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like the past uh, two years there's been a crazy amount of amateurs moving up, where in the past it seems like one or two a year um, that really stand out, but there's been so many these past two or three years, it's crazy.
1: Definitely. Usually, well, I say usually, um, when I was growing up at least, there was usually only one guy, um, one or two guys, who would move out of the A class. Um, like for a good example, I remember when Shane uh, Shane McElrath moved up. Um, I think he moved up with one other guy uh, to the outdoors. Um, I can't remember. I think, I think Maybe it was Chris
0: Aldridge. Oh, yeah, Aldridge and Michelle. I think, was his class.
1: Aldridge and Michelle. yeah. I think there was those three guys who were kind of the next next guys moving up and uh that was it but now you look now (laughs) there's like there was like seven of us or eight of us who who moved up at one time um and and it's still kind of like that Um, i know march banks moved up really early this year he's only 16 or 17 years old and um i mean he was crushing it don't get me wrong like the kid is fast and i respect i respect that and uh he was actually doing very very good before he had that uh mistake at a high point but um but yeah it's definitely a little different than what it used to be and um man is i just can't i I can't say enough how crazy how crazy fast this this class really is and you don't appreciate it until you're out there with them
0: yeah it's, it's really cool to see like eight or nine guys that can all you know run up in the top 15 uh come up in one year but it's also i'm sure as you know kind of a bummer because there's only so many you know rides available on those top teams
1: definitely as as a spectator, I'm sure this is this is very fun to watch. I mean there's at least eight guys on the track who could possibly win mm-hmm. you know win a moto and um but for a rider uh me at this point and in, in my career right now, it is difficult because um the uh the spots are very limited um and part of that I think is because there's not quite as many spots for the four fifty class for those guys that move up to. And there are so many 250 guys um, that all the spots are easily taken, and there's so much talent in the 250 class, um, the spots are taken. So it's very, it is very rare um, to, find, to find a good, solid ride on, on one of the factory teams. You have to be a standout guy um, every weekend and prove yourself. Um, so that's, kind of, that's what I've been trying to do, and that's, that's where our goal is, obviously. Um, we just have to keep building to get there.
0: Yeah, you know, just keep building up those results and uh, mix start mixing up with those guys uh, from that 10 to 15 range, and, you know, it's definitely a good way to get noticed. But um, what's, like, the biggest adjustment you've had to make uh, since turning pro uh, with your riding to be more competitive?
1: The biggest adjustment I've had to make, um, I would say intensity. Um, the intensity level of uh, of the riders, especially at the beginning of, beginning of the motos, Um and being okay with with the risk factor almost um these guys literally send it i mean I'll, i'm talking like i i've never seen some of these guys go so fast um and hit the ground so hard too you just have to you just have to get used to used to that next level that next level of intensity and the risk factor obviously goes way up um but I think that the intensity is one of the biggest things I've had to learn and change. Um, also, um, it's pretty amazing how some of the, how good a shape, um, how, like how good of uh cardio shape some of these guys are, especially the the top guys, um, to run that 35 minute moto wide open for as long as they do and run two of them in the same day. And, uh, I think that's another thing I've had to change. I've changed a little bit of, of, my working out, I still work with uh, Seth Rarick and uh, Gareth Swanepoel, who actually um, controls the uh, STARS program uh, for, for them. I'm still working with him and Seth for my gym time, and I'm at Michaels for my writing. So I have a good program, and I'm happy with that program, um, and, I, and it does seem like it has been working for me. So um, like I said, I think the biggest thing I've had to change or at least learn to do better Um, was my intensity factor
0: and uh, as far as Carmichael's go how how did you get hooked up down there
1: um I actually had a friend named Tom Shields um tell me about it and um I'm actually um pretty good friends with uh Austin Fortner and he and he was actually he was heading over to Carmichael's before the season or uh before East Coast and um he asked if I was going to be around to come check it out. And I was like, yeah, I'll come, I'll come by and check it out. And, uh, cause I was looking for a new, a new place to go, something a little different and, uh, a good place to ride. And what better place is there to go? Um, when you have Ricky Carmichael there to help you. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, uh, so it's been very good and that's kind of how I got there and I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot in my short time there. Um, uh especially um from Ricky and he, he comes out there when, when he's home he comes out there at least two days a week tuesday thursday usually um and then Jeannie, uh his mom is 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 she's there every day any day we ride she's there she's on time she's ready to go and she'll she'll push you as hard as hard or harder than any any uh man trainer you would ever have <laughs> She's uh she's pretty gnarly and but I like her. She she can be sweet but she can be stern at the same time. And uh she she's very good. Another other writer's there with me, um Joey Savacci, um, Bogle, Justin Bogle is there right now along with um a few amateur guys like um uh Dylan Greer, Joshua Guffey, um, Colt Nigelman. A few a few amateur kids are there right now and uh but I try to I try to um I've learned a lot from even Joey as I've been there, lots of different things. And and Justin, it's it's good to surround yourself with, with good riders and good people. Um, but mainly the good better better riders will help you get better and I just try to try to mimic them and, and kinda of do the same things they do on the track.
0: Yeah, I was gonna ask do uh uh guys like Savachi and Bogle kinda help you out a little bit out there?
1: Uh they do, you know, um Justin, I, I'm not too close to Joey. Um, Joey, he, he's a good dude. He's obviously he's a very good rider. Um, he uh, he's a nice. He he is a ni- he's a nice guy. Um, I don't talk to him too often, but I'm better friends with Justin. Um, it's all kind of a group effort, honestly. Um, if Ricky's out there, Ricky will take us. Even we'll, even we'll just go back to the basics sometimes. Like this week, um, one day we were working on corner entry. Um Very simple, but it can be forgotten and left out when and, and you can get lazy um on corner entry and uh we all kind of just sat down sat down by the corner, looked at it, and um all kind of got the corner going, got it shaped in, got the rut right, and got our breaking points right coming into it and uh it's all just a kind of a big group effort, and it's nice when everything comes together and a good day um and and it shapes into a good day. Um, with everybody and um, so they, they help me a lot they, have, they do have good advice for you and uh, I kind of tell you hey um, or if they see something when I'm, when I'm riding they're like hey uh, you need to set this corner up different come out wider and cut down and that'll help you they helped me big time on Supercross because I was so fresh and so new uh, to Supercross especially in the whoops um, with technique and uh, throttle speed and stuff like that um they are big they are good dude they're good dudes and 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 they're 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 there to help you just as much as as rookie is there to help everybody so um like i said you gotta surround yourself with good people and good and good riders that all have all have the uh same goal in mind
0: yeah man that that's awesome to hear um and definitely like riding with guys like Bogle, who's you know won a east coast championship before and savachi who's won a bunch of races like it's only going to make you a better rider in the long run too
1: Definitely, and and that's exactly like, like I just said. It's it's good to have people there, and it motivates you even more than what I already am to uh, to look at everybody and and know that they all are motivated and have the same same goal in mind as you.
0: So, uh, last question for you, man. Uh, besides this weekend coming up in the sand, uh, which national are you looking uh, most forward to?
1: Um, you know, I would. Everybody talks about Red Bud every year. How crazy it is, how crazy the fans are, how good the track is. Um, I mean, I I would probably say Red Bud, um, I was um, I've heard really good things about the track. Um, I, I and I've never been to Red Bud. I've seen a lot of obviously I've watched the races. I've seen a lot of pictures and it looks like a fun track and there's a lot of history there. Um, but that's that that would that would be the track that I think I'd probably probably um be looking most forward to riding and um i think it's going to be really good racing obviously um some tracks are better tracks to race on and some tracks are better tracks to be a practice track and in my opinion um this last weekend the muddy creek track was more of a practice track it was kind of more narrow not as many lines um more difficult to pass in areas and um and then the weekend before that, like high Point, that was a racetrack. There were so many lines. it was very, very wide um so I think that they will will turn out to be a good race track um and I'm really looking forward to i i'd say I'm really looking forward to that one out the most out of all of them
0: yeah, I was here about eight years ago, and i I'll tell you what man, the crowd is it's off the chain that they're they're pretty nuts out there
1: <laughs> that that that's what I hear too uh. I can only imagine what it's going to be like at Des Nations this year um, at Red Bud. I, <laughs> I can't
0: wait for that. <laughs> all right, man. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, before I let you go, who do you want to thank for helping you out?
1: Yeah, no problem, man. Anytime. i, I love to just, just uh, kind of share a little bit in the in my life and hopefully um, maybe maybe you, anybody else, learned anything mm-hmm. at all and uh, just kind of give everybody an update on what's, what's going on with me.
0: For sure, man. I'll have to we'll have to get you back on here towards the end of the season. Um, once you you know, hopefully you kill it this week in Southwick and uh, I'll be rooting for you.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you so much for, for the call and I appreciate the time.
0: All right. Have a good day, buddy. Uh have a safe flight.
1: All right, man. You too.
0: Later. All right. And the line with me today is uh GNC X- xc3 points leader jesse ainsley what's up buddy
2: uh another day just support so it's pretty hot outside right now
0: yeah man uh you're telling me hey man happy birthday by the way the big 18 you can finally sign yourself up
2: hey hey, hey
0: you're, jesse you're breaking up i couldn't hear you i couldn't hear a word Can you hear me?
2: Fuck. Is this better? I turned my Wi-Fi off. Maybe we have to restart it.
0: Yeah, I was. All right, on the line with me now is uh, GNCC XC three points leader Jesse Ainsley. What's up, buddy? Can you hear me now? Is it better?
2: Should be good.
0: Okay, on the line with me today is GNCC XC3 points leader Jesse Ainsley. What's up, buddy?
2: Oh, uh, just another day in the life. You know how it is.
0: Oh, yeah, man. I I can only imagine. Hey, happy birthday, buddy. You know, the big 18. You can finally sign yourself up for these races.
2: Thank you. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. I never thought I would get to this age and then. Excited about signing myself up more than anything.
0: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna ask you your birthday the, the birthday question again because I I pulled my wire out on accident.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. <laughs> um, actually, you know, I'm. Was- all right, on the line with me today is GNCC XC3 uh, points leader Jesse Ainsley. What's up, buddy?
2: Oh, uh, just uh, apparently on the phone doing this sweet podcast thing with you.
0: Yeah, man. Hey, it can't get much better for you, right? Right. Uh, uh, all publicity is good publicity,
2: is <laughs> what they say.
0: Of course. Hey, man, happy birthday, by the way. The big 18, uh, finally adult, and you can finally sign yourself up for these races you're, you're killing the net.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh I, I I can't have the uh the bragging rights of winning overalls yet being still a kid. Uh that's somewhat of a bummer, but uh yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome to go to my first race
0: uh to
2: being 18 and sign myself up no parent or anything so that'd be it'd be pretty cool
0: you know I, I hope you know you're making me feel real old right now because i remember when you were a little kid on a pw50 you know tearing up the ftr races and now look at you, you're a grown man
2: <laughs> i want to consider myself a grown man i still have a lot of grilling and learning to do but yeah it's pretty cool and i've been racing for about 12 years so uh don't, don't feel too old, Kurt. I'm, I'm getting up there with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're catching up. But hey man, uh, I want to talk a little bit about snowshoe this weekend. Uh, I've raced that race before and it was super gnarly and that's when it was dry. So I know you guys got a lot of rain up there. Uh, you got second place. Uh, how gnarly was that, man?
2: Um, you know, at first, uh, coming into the weekend, there was talks of it being like super gnarly cause everyone seems to complain when we run the roads and I, personally, I have no problems with that. You know, the the easier, the faster, the better for me. Um, But I knew it was going to be gnarly, so I just trained as much as I could. I stayed up north for a while and um, just rode some of the gnarliest places I could. Even if it rained, I was still out there uh, just grinding away. And um, it it rained uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, And they actually ended up taking pretty much everything out. And it was still pretty gnarly. Like, all the hill climbs and stuff Mm -hmm. were were pretty – pretty gnarly but um all in all it was pretty good and it was just it was wet more than anything um we had a we had a problem with sucking some water with a couple laps to go which um now we know it it cost me to win um i mean i felt really good i felt i was i was in the lead um and anything could have happened but I, i felt really good and for me to not be up there and live in that stuff and not be able to ride that stuff all all seven eight months that they're able to and to be out there leading was just a was a really good moment for me
0: yeah i was gonna say uh us florida boys you know when we see rain in the forecast we're we're jumping for joy it's you know that nothing better than some wet sand uh the track's usually perfect but definitely up there i think rain means a whole different thing
2: yeah it's it's like it's weird because um here we get rain and the sand's good until we get uh, too much of it. Then it turns into muck and it's bottomless. We're up there; they can have. We li- literally can get six inches and still race, and it's. I mean, it's going to be super muddy, and it's. But it's weird. We can still race. Um, you know the ground's so hard up there. Um, but yeah, the snowshoe wasn't too muddy. It was just wet. It was just. It was water everywhere. Um, and it, it's a little different riding wet rocks. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult
0: yeah for sure I uh I I raced it in 2010 and it was I mean just it's a mountain ski resort so there's gonna be parts that are wet no matter what and it was too much for me and I I actually rode the highway back up uh so you know kudos to you for doing it for three hours in even worse conditions
2: well you sure weren't the first and you won't be the last because uh there's plenty of people taking the roads back it's it's definitely no joke and there's a there's a bunch of people from Florida that's came and done it, and they definitely get a reality check. And um, I mean, it's it's something that you have to ride and to you have to experience to know exactly what we're talking about. Just because it's like a, it's a totally different race.
0: Yeah, you, you won't really uh, be able to understand like how it is in those woods unless you actually do it. Uh, you can watch it on TV all you want, but there's nothing like riding in those conditions uh, to really get a feel for it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, not, nothing comes close to what what the t- TV makes it look like. I mean,
0: I watch racer TV
2: sometimes, and I get frustrated because they make the hard, the checkpoints and the the F map powerpoints look so easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm I'm pushing 100% through that section, and I'm like making so many mistakes and, and barely getting at that stuff, and the TV makes it look like a cakewalk.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was actually just watching it today. I think I was watching Cam Coker. And they were just hitting those sand whoops that I I know, uh, being from Florida, are super gnarly. And uh, just the way it looked on TV made it look super easy. Um, but I just I actually watched a video report for from Snowshoe this morning, and uh, those bikes looked trash, man. How bad was yours? How how mucked up was it? You said you sucked up some water, so I'm sure it was hurting. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, my bike wasn't wasn't too bad. Um, obviously, everything got soaked. My goggles, um, gloves, just because we started off in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it made it for, for a tough time to to hang on, but, um, the mud and stuff wasn't too bad. Obviously, you know, dinged up the rims from the rocks and the swing arm and pretty much the whole bike's just trashed just from the rocks. Um, not too bad from the mud. I did suck some water, uh, but it didn't damage anything. It was just, the filter got wet and you know, yeah. whenever you get the filter wet, your bike don't run. So, um, other than that it was just pretty much like a typical GNCC. you you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to put more money back into your bike after you get done with it because uh you want it to its max yeah. performance uh the next race
0: yeah exactly um talking about your season so far uh through nine rounds you have four wins uh, 16 point uh lead right now over jason reigns uh you got to be pretty happy with that
2: yes yeah, it's, it's been pretty good um we had one DNF at round one uh, while leading, but it was pretty crazy going from what happened last year and just putting pretty much uh, changing my whole lifestyle and uh, working with my trader. We'll we'll get that later. But, um, yeah, coming into round one, I didn't get a great start and uh, actually ended up passing for the lead and started checking out, actually, and uh, some malfunction with the forks cost me that that race but um it was a good confidence booster just to know like wow i actually do have the speed Mm -hmm. and uh we just went from there we won florida and we just been pretty consistent this year you know i had one other time off the box which is at john Penton. i uh got passed on the last lap for third which was unfortunate i wasn't very happy about that but um you know first i got four wins so far i believe and uh Couple seconds, and I think one third. Yep. So, yeah, I mean every race counts, and even if I'm second or third, I'm still happy. I'm getting, I'm, I'm, getting points, and, um, you know, the big picture is the championship. So that's, I've gotten to a level where, you know, I need to be grateful for second and third mm-hmm. because it's points.
0: Yeah, and in the grand scheme of things, you know, just keeping it up on the box uh, is probably. Huge, you know, um, just those consistent finishes. Obviously, you want to win all of them uh, if you can. But, you know, knowing when to kind of cruise it in for a second or third, kind of win you the championship there.
2: Right, exactly. And uh, as a little kid, you know, racing FTR, I remember, like, uh, I I was kind of in that era where Dylan and all those guys were just a couple years ahead of me. So I was coming up. I was moving in when they were moving out, so I was pretty much the only one in the class and I was able to get, you know, dozens of wins um and then now I'm getting to the level where, you know, wins do not come easy by any means and last year was a big reality check and um I just I've really learned how to work for things and um it's going pretty good so far.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, I wanted to ask, how is it uh, battling Jason Rain? Seems like like you guys battle a lot. He's riding the class, and he you know he's a veteran, so he's been out there for a long time.
2: Yeah, um, I think he's like a six-time champ, something. I think between enduros and GNCs, yeah, he's a he's a really good rider, and um, it's it's pretty crazy. Like we always joke around, like he's the oldest guy in the class, and I'm the youngest. Um, and it's it's pretty cool. You know, we have. Um, some respect for each other we know we didn't we got off on the wrong foot uh the beginning of the year just with him winning and without me winning there was just a bunch yeah. of tension but um yeah we've we've uh figured each other out and I definitely have the utmost respect for him and um it's pretty cool to line up next to him just to know like uh his name and, and what he's done for the sport, it's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember when he used to have classes down in Florida, so it's pretty cool. I'm sure you're on like sixty fives back then when he was doing that, so it's probably cool. It's definitely cool to see you um, now as a grown man, as I said earlier, out there battling the best around, you know?
2: Yeah, it's uh I feel like I've
0: came
2: uh I feel like I've came a long way in a short period of time but it's it's just almost like a process. I'm, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even like, uh, I would say like to my goal yet. I mean, I'm still, still working every single day, like trying to get better. And, um, you know, <laughs> it's pretty crazy to think like we we were on mini bikes four years ago. Yeah. And, um, but it's just the the process of the sport. And like sometimes I get frustrated because, uh, you know, my lap times aren't aren't as good as some others. But I gotta think like, man, these guys are like twenty two twenty three 23 and I'm still, you know, only, I just turned 18 today. So yeah. I still have some time and it's frustrating because I, I like want to beat this guy so bad. And, uh, sometimes I got I do really have to, to, to tell myself, like, you know, it just takes time. I can't really push the issue too much. I um, just kind uh, of keep plugging away and not get frustrated. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, so let's take it back a little bit. Uh, 2016, uh, that was your first year on the big bike correct first year
2: yeah play. it was my first year uh on g n c c wise
0: yeah um and you had almost perfect season uh you won twelve out of thirteen in the a two hundred class for the, the championship uh you had been pretty pumped with that first first year in the one p m race GNCC, and you pretty much got out there and crush it
2: yeah it was um it was crazy actually i was the first first year on the team I got signed right out of uh the super mini class and it, it was kind of a, a leap of faith because you know i never really showed what i could do on a big bike um i know i felt really good on one but for three hours i mean the bike's so big i mean at least at the time yeah. and um yeah we just did really good that year um i know i think i lost at north carolina um which wasn't at the time i was really mad about but uh yeah, it's pretty cool to, to have 12 wins out of a 13 mm-hmm. race series. Yeah, you, know, you can't really ask for much better.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, I'm sure at the time uh knowing that you were killing it with that streak it, it was a big bummer but I mean looking back to say you won 12 out of 13 is pretty, pretty incredible. Um, You made mention a couple times uh, about last season. Obviously, it wasn't one of the better ones for you. Uh, you jumped up to 250A. Uh, you won at Florida, but it seemed like you kind of struggled after that. I know you, you had an injury and concussion, right? I think, right? Was it a concussion?
2: Yeah, I actually severed a concussion at round one that we didn't know about. Um, why I do about it, but I really never even – I just kind of just thought whatever about it and mm-hmm. uh, wrote – you know, rode the next week, actually won the race, um, seven days later and the amateur overall and then at Georgia, um, just went down and, um, I, I didn't really black out, but I, I knew I hit my head really bad Yeah. and, um, I actually ended up breaking my helmet, Ooh. um, pretty severely and I get back to the pits and I don't really remember too much after that. I, I heard I was pretty emotional, Hmm. um, but I really, like, I have no idea what kind of went down. I remember pulling off, and I was like, I can't ride anymore. Like, I was so, like, I was hot and cold. Um, like, it was, like, 90 degrees, and I wanted a jacket. And they were like, okay, something's wrong. Yeah. And um went to the neurologist, and it was a pretty scary deal just because I couldn't look at any electronics. I mean, I was homeschooled at the time, so during school work was tough. Um, and it was, it was a pretty, pretty scary deal. I mean, the doctor said, um, you know, pretty much if I hit my head in the next, he, he was, I think he was over-exaggerating, but he said a couple of months, if I hit my head that uh, it could be possible to light out. And, uh, so it was pretty scary, but I actually went to the doctor, um, two weeks after that and he's like, wow, you look, you know, your brain looks good. And we did all the, the test again and made sure I was like a hundred percent there. Um, I, I went to physical therapy for a the week or so, I think maybe a little bit more, but after that, I mean, like this last season wasn't very good in general. I, um, I got really complacent, you know, I, I pretty much like not to be cocky, but I pretty much went from winning everything I entered to mm-hmm. losing severely and it was just not a good uh, situation. And, and instead of, instead of that sparking a fire inside me it kind of just put me down and I just thought I was a, uh, third, fourth, fifth place guy. And, um, so I, I really don't know what changed, but after Ironman on the way home, uh, I got in contact with Charlie Mullins and, um, pretty much like, you know, why not, just, you know, try and, and see. And, uh, next thing you know, he was interested in working with me and, uh that like really sparked my fire and I was really excited and uh we've been crushing it ever since
0: yeah definitely uh like you said a rough year last year but you're killing it now and it's funny you brought up the third fourth fifth because normally for a normal you know riot they'd be pumped getting third fourth fifth in an a class um but like you said you won 12 out of 13 races the round the year before so it was definitely a little different for you, and do um, you think it was kind of just the injury and the new bike and all that together that is why you struggled?
2: You know, I, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, you can blame it on, I mean, I, or I can blame it on the bike or or the injury, but really it all comes down to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have the literally the best bikes provided to me, and um, pretty it's honestly it's pretty much if if I don't win it, win it's my fault. And uh, you know, I, I've I've made that clear to myself, and the people around me has made that clear. Um, there's only one per there's only one person that can lose, and it's yourself. Um, you know, you you know, you may have mechanicals sometimes, but deep down, if you want it bad enough, you can go get it. And that's what I tell these little kids that come around the shop and and hang around me. Like, you know, if you want a million dollars if you want it bad enough, you're going to go get it and you're going to work for it. So that's kind of the mentality I have on everything in life. If I want, if I want to go race, uh, if I want to go win races, I'm going to try my hardest and, and that's what I'm going to get. Um, and Tom does the same, same effort on my bikes. You know, he puts a hundred percent into my bikes and it's like, you know, we've proved it, it's a winning combo. Um, it's just, I got to make sure I don't get complacent and, and keep working hard
0: yeah definitely um i was about to ask you something oh oh yeah yeah what what When did you decide you're racing gonna race the new xc3 class this year uh it's a fairly new class it's the second year they're doing it uh what what, when was that decision made
2: um it was kind of it was almost made for me really um during the time last year like obviously Uh, getting the results I was getting, I was kind of just out of it. Like, I didn't really care anymore. And um, I was just kind of, like, down about everything. Um, And next thing you know, I think George Pollard was like, hey, we're racing XC3 next year. And I was like, what? Like, it kind of, like, it put a smile on my face. Mm -hmm. He's like, yep, um, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get 125s and race XC3. And I think he was just saying that. Um, I'm not too sure. I don't know if you really knew or not, but yeah, next thing you know, like we were getting emails that, uh, 125 is being shipped to us and stuff. And, uh, I was super stoked. Um, and like the first time I got on one, I just fell back in love and they're just so much fun to ride. And like, sometimes, though, sometimes, uh, I feel, I feel like I need a little bit more, uh. I'm like, nope, nope. This is what I have to ride, and I'm gonna try to make the best of it. So, I've uh, I've proved this year that it doesn't matter what bike you're riding. Um, I'm still getting top twenty overall results. I'm winning FTR races. Um, it's just about how you ride the bike, and um, it's all about being comfortable. And I'm I'm super comfortable on my bike. We got it handling great. George is building motors this year, and um. Everything is just gelling, and uh, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely funny how you said that. It doesn't really matter about the bike so much. Um, I I couldn't agree more. Um, as you as you know, I race a pre modern class in FTR, so a '93 CR250, and I'm just as fast on that as my 2017 KTM 300. You know, so it, it's all about being comfortable and what bike you can uh, ride better than the other. I think, um, and it seems like you're very comfortable on that 125.
2: Yeah, I feel I feel really good on any KTM period, and that's not just saying that um, because they support me and whatnot. But I mean, I feel like I could get on a 450 tomorrow and and do good. Um, obviously, it would take me a while just to get comfortable with it and and build the build the strength to throw that thing around because I'm only 140 pounds. I'm just a little guy. Uh, we shaved some weight off this year for for the weight to power ratio on the 125, but. Yeah, the KTM is like, I don't know, just the new design really fits me well. Um, I just feel comfortable on, on any KTM right now.
0: Yeah, and I definitely agree. Um, I've ridden uh, more recently a 250F, 350, my bike, uh, and it, as long as it's a KTM, I kind of feel right at home with it. Uh, they, they really do make good bikes, and uh, like Dylan Rash said, uh, you know, their slogan is ready to race, So, and it, it really is true. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of guys could probably get on a stock KTM and do fairly well um, considering the bike.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously KTM has done a really good job in, with their R&D and I actually got to uh, test the, the fuel injection two stroke last year um, before it was available to the public. And like just the, all the info that I had to fill out and stuff, they really do care about um, how their bikes are when they, when they yeah. hit the production line and, they've done a great job and they've came so far in the last 10 years. Um, it's just absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a good and I would love to stay with KTM. Um, my contract's up at the end of this year. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to resign or if I get another offer. I, do, I really have no clue. I'm mm-hmm. kind of out of the loop on all that stuff. I have a, um, a sports manager right now is kind of taking care of all that for me. Um, and, I just need to get results that's all that's all they're worried about is results yep. right now, so I just gotta to work hard through summer break and come out to the last four and just just destroy the world is how I try to think of it and um whether that happens or not, we're fixing to find out
0: yeah, definitely uh, let's talk about your team a little bit um this is your third year on with them correct
2: yep, this is my third year um I signed a three-year contract right out
0: of the right out of the gun, um,
2: which was like a, a super power move by them. Um, they were from the opposite side of the the country. Um, they're from Washington. Oh,
1: the team is,
2: and um, yeah, they thing you know, we get a phone call. Uh, I think it was a little bit like it was this time three years ago, or yeah, three years ago, and um, we just get a phone call. And it was our PM at first. We were like, this is kind of like a joke. Like we thought it was almost like fake. And, um, we like started like talking a little bit more and I'm like, wow, no, this is like for real, this is like the real deal. And like being 15, it was absolutely crazy to think, uh, actually i just turned 15. And so, um, it was like, it was crazy to think and. It's been a super good opportunity, and um, I'm loving every minute of it. It's crazy just to, to be a part of a team in general, um, whether big or small. Um, you know, I always I feel like it, it would be so much harder to do it on our own, um, and sometimes we don't realize how much support we actually have and uh, how much the team really benefits us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's definitely really cool to be a part of.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it makes things easier on the weekends and stuff too. Um, and Chris Bach was on that team. Uh, how how cool is it to kind of hang around him for a few years while he was racing with them? Yeah, uh,
2: Chris is a really good guy. Um, actually, I talked to him. Actually, I talked to him as soon as I signed the deal. Uh, he actually DM'd me and was like, "Hey, text me." And at the moment, I'm like, "Oh my God, there is no way that Chris Bach actually DM'd me." Like, gave me his phone number and everything. And I'm like, oh, I've made it. Like, <laughs> I don't need to do anything else. I've made it 100%. And uh, it was actually, like, uh, we made plans for him to come down. And uh, he just kind of – not he didn't really invite himself, but he was just kind of, um, you know, saying, like, he wants to come down and, and train and ride and stuff. And I just – I wasn't committed to anything. I just kind of followed him around everywhere. Like, uh, he would just tell me, Hey, I'm cycling and I'd be like, okay, where well, I'm going cycling too. And it was like that, you know, we went to a couple of races together, some local Enduros and stuff. Um, and just a super good guy. And, uh, he definitely became like my best friend there for a couple of years. And then now that he's retired, he don't really come around anymore. I always give him a hard time that it, I'm like, wow, you used to love me. And now you just <laughs> want to sell real estate stuff. But, uh, he actually he rode this weekend, uh, in the X C three class and we actually had a really good battle and it was it was pretty cool. I battled with him a couple of times at F T R and I think that he was just messing around with with me, but he felt he says wise, and um but this weekend was like a true battle, one hundred percent both of us and uh it was super cool to think like wow this guy has done so many things and he's won an overall before and I'm like out here battling with them and, and hooting and hollering and just having a good time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, were you, were you able to learn a lot from him, uh, during those times, like more so off the bike, like training wise and kind of eating right and cycling. And then also on the bike, uh, were you able to learn a lot?
2: Yeah, for sure. I, um, I definitely learned a lot. Uh, it was kind of cool just to, to see what those guys did because I, I did a lot by myself, you know, Tom, was an ultra ultra marathon runner, and he knew how to eat right, and he knew you know what it took to train and stuff. But to know like how those guys live, and you know they wake up and they eat breakfast and they stretch, and then they go for a bike ride, and then they come back and chill, and then they ride their bike and then they chill, and just to like see the consistency every single day, and just because you're going and going and going throughout the day doesn't mean you're benefiting yourself. Sometimes you do have to sit on the couch and watch tv for an hour Mm -hmm. to actually let your body heal and rest um i think that's one of the bigger things i learned was just because you're out there pounding laps and, and and doing all that stuff sometimes that isn't always the best um and you can go out there and ride for 10 hours a day and that doesn't mean you're going to be better than the guy that only rides an hour it's how much effort you put in when you're doing it and that's that's definitely one of the biggest things and um i think i've I've kind of switched my lifestyle to that this year and it's it's been helping quite a bit
0: yeah I mean that, you know that definitely makes sense I like to think that i I'm really good at the sitting on sitting on the couch watching t v for an hour part of training uh, that's kind of my strong strong point
2: <laughs> so you're you're gonna come over and train with me and you'll uh we'll we'll go cycle and you'll meet me at back at the couch
0: yeah 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 uh well you'll probably meet me back at the couch i'll probably be there first because you know i'm a beast on the, the road bike
2: <laughs> yeah you need to get the nickname
0: i know i'm not no you know no one's ever given me a nickname so i you know maybe uh, can work something out
2: yeah we'll come up with something <laughs> how
0: about
2: how about uh how about after this podcast, we'll, we'll let the fans decide on what your nickname should be.
0: That's a, you know, that's a really good idea. We'll, we'll open it up to the audience for that one. Perfect. But, uh, Jesse, so where where are you riding in between rounds? Are you kind of staying up north, or are you coming back to Florida each round? In between each round.
2: Yeah, so uh, this year, um, I have a really good opportunity to stay in Parkersburg. That's where we normally keep our motorhome, home and we fly out. Okay. And, um we have a track where we keep the motorhome, but it's, it's pretty short and, um, it's like the same thing over and over again. So, all right, that, um, but I have, like, I can go to Fad's house if I want to. Um, uh, I I, uh, got hooked up with Adam McGill, so he's got some awesome spots to ride around that area. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've just been kind of floating around everywhere. I'm just making friends with as many people as I can in that area. And, um riding different places and and just trying to trying to stay grounded and and do my thing um you know thad gave me the nickname own thing ansley there for a while because i was just literally riding by myself and not talking to anybody Mm -hmm. but um it's nice to go ride different places and and not really compare speeds but like learn from those guys because uh they're they're at the top for a reason yeah
0: and it's definitely good to make connections you know like uh you can ride at someone's house up in West Virginia, and then before the season starts, you got you can kind of do a little trade off, and they can come ride down in Florida and stay with you for a little bit.
2: Yeah, exactly, and and ride, it's it's weird because riding up there is is like nothing. I mean, your neighbor can have you know 100 acres, and you can ask you to ride their dirt, ride your dirt bike, and they have no problem with it, mm-hmm. at least from what I've found. Um, but here, riding is very uh, sacred, like. Uh, if you have a track, you know, you want to, it's like, the that's it. And um, it's it's odd because everyone up there has tracks and every everyone down here either goes to a, like a public track or everyone has, or, you know, select people have their own private deal, which they don't really give up their address. Um, but, yeah, when they come down here, they're kind of lost. And uh, that's kind of how, like, uh, Ben Parsons and, and Dylan and I have, have interacted with all those pros because they have they come down here and really have nowhere to ride. that's private, um so yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah,
0: you know that definitely makes sense. So when you're not racing your dirt bike or cycling, training, what what are some of your hobbies? What what else you are you doing down there in mayaka City?
2: Uh, really nothing, honestly. I racing it is one hundred percent my life, and I feel like it's gonna be that way my whole entire life. I. I mean, I don't really have much friends around the area, um, and if they do, they actually have jobs, so we uh, can't hang out. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just kind of hang out at the shop. I don't really do much in the shop anymore, um, just with my scheduling and stuff. So when I get done training and riding, I kind of just work over in my little area and, and get my bikes ready, or get Jerry's bikes ready, or organize or clean. And once you know six seven o'clock comes around i go in eat dinner and go to bed and start the day over again it's kind of just uh a repeat uh each each and every day but i'm not burned out yet and i don't think i'll ever be um i'll say that now but i just i have so much fun you know progressing and and trying to win and uh trying as in you know being close obviously if i'm not close i'm not happy but uh yeah, it's it keeps me alive and um I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Yeah, I think I think as long as you're having fun with it, um, you're it's probably pretty hard to get burnt out. It's when you start doing it every day and it's not fun anymore and that's when it kinda of really takes a toll on you. But as long as you make it fun, whether it's going to ride different places or riding certain sections or just kinda of play riding every once in a while, I think uh it kinda of keeps you from getting burnt out. At least in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Tom Tom did a really good job when I was younger by, you know, making me stay off the bike. And I would only ride once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that kept me, kept me, uh, fresh and ready. And then actually like sometimes Charlie will put two or three days of riding in my schedule. And sometimes I just still ride one day. And like, if I don't feel like riding, I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously you want to put in as much work as you can, but if you really don't feel like. Riding, then you really probably shouldn't be out there because that's when something bad goes happens. And it's uh, you you got to know your body and you got to know yourself to make that decision and that call. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I'm feeling down and like kind of over it one day, I just will take it off, and then the next day I wake up and I'm ready for more. So it's like throughout the years, I've I figured it out, and I feel like I can just go forever. Mm-hmm
0: um you know one question i wanted to ask you besides uh hogwaller and camp coker which which round's your favorite
2: uh that's a tough question um the mason town race used to be my favorite because it was like the complete opposite of florida like the whole course of this rocks mm-hmm. and surprisingly i would do really good there uh last year i uh ended up uh, yard sailing it and dnfing but uh I feel like I've done really good there in the past. Um, unfortunately, it's taken off the schedule. But anywhere where it's different, um, there all the tracks are really just so fresh to me still. Like I don't, we come down here and pound sand all the time, then go up there and we ride red clay. And even if it's the worst track, it's like so different. It's like fun, yeah. you know. And uh, I'm still trying to like figure out the rounds and uh, just kind of go with the flow. But I would say, I mean, I don't ever go to a track and go, Oh, I hate this place like i've I don't think I've ever done that um and I, even in florida i i just I like what I ride, and I'm just grateful to ride and race uh period, so i just I just look at every track as different and I just make the best of any situation
0: yeah, uh, it definitely makes sense, you know, uh, as long as you're kind of riding, you're gonna go out there and have fun on the track, no matter what. All right, Jesse, uh, thank you so much for uh, doing this with me. Uh, Who do you want to thank for helping you out? Uh,
2: First and foremost, I'd like to thank uh, my grandfather, Tom. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today without him. Uh, That's for sure. I'd also like to thank our PM Racing Team, uh, KTM USA, Nihilo Concepts, FMF, uh, Maxis, Just One Racing, um, Climb Gear, uh, CD Boots, Motion Pro, Uh, Fastway, uh, Promoto Billet, uh, C Concepts, HBD Graphics, Engine Ice, IMS Tanks, uh, Nitro Moose, um, Recluse, uh, and Jason Enos at Central Florida Power Sports, uh, TF Racing, um, Steve Thompson Holmes, uh, Randy Fall, George Pollard, and um, Pete Smith. I think that's all. And if uh, your name didn't get
0: uh, said,
2: it doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. Um, you, the help is definitely not unnoticed.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, all right, man. Thank you so much for doing this, uh, and you enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Thanks, Kurt. Well, um, thanks for having me on, and look forward to next time.
0: Yeah, well, we'll get we'll get, I'll get on the road bike soon. Yeah, will meet you up there.
2: All right, all right, I'll. Uh... You can draft me for a while while you get warmed up.
0: Okay, that sounds like a good, a good idea.
2: (laughs) All right, you take
0: care. All right, see you, buddy. Straight caught up in the game. My life won't be the same. Straight caught up in the game.
2: Living the life, that's how I live Try to get
0: out, tell me how to survive Without my crew, Armani's, Ferraris Casinos, hitting jackpots Good luck, I think not, we own the car from block to block City to city, all day, every day It's
2: like a celebration for the criminal nation Him hey, wife and kids That's what I need, wanna go out like a man Try to understand without blood on my hands Dear God, please save my soul I put the rest on hold, not seven I still got time to reach heaven A million reasons to get out, choose one There's only one, to put the nine millimeters to don't? then you're gone did I do right or wrong tell me I might drop some tears on my eye, but you never see me cry champagne spit bombs like crazy insane LA to town different players caught up in the same game am I right or am I wrong straight up in the game I'm confused will I win will I